Welcome to the Motivate Me Book Club presented by Pineapple Jen. Hi, Luke. Hi, Jennifer. How's it going? Doing great, thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm awesome. <laughs> Where are we? We are in the wonderful island of Barbados. Yeah, we're in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean almost. The very, very far east island of the Caribbean. It's yeah, beautiful. and it's also very equatorial. Yes, the sun is hot. Yeah, I know. It's been amazing. And we are here enjoying life's luxuries and kind of reflecting on the ability to be here and how fortunate we are, aren't we? Yes, very fortunate. And it's uh, nice to be in an area where time almost slows down. Island can, time. Island time, exactly. <laughs> and you can take a look at uh, your current life status and really gather your thoughts without the many distractions of busy life back home. So I agree. No, I've, um, I've kind of like had a lot of reflection while being here on, you know, where this nation has come from once being a British colony. It now attracts lots of tourists from all over the world. And I'm again reminded that no matter where we are, we can all appreciate very similar aspects of life and, we have shared values despite language and cultural differences, but for me, I'm always so appreciative of the ocean, and I love when you know you go to these places that you've never been to before, and you hear other languages and accents, and everybody's doing the same thing, you know, just loving life Yes. by the ocean, somewhere far, somewhere different, some people for the first time, we saw lots of babies today, maybe their first time, you know. In the on, Caribbean, on a like trip. this, yeah, or on some big trip, and young families. This is your first time to the Caribbean in your thirties, so right. it's just really kind of neat how people come from all walks of life and kind of walk the same path. Yeah, and the the community here is extremely welcoming. Everybody's extremely friendly and has a servant attitude, you know, in a positive manner, which makes me think I need to uh, try assimilate that back home with our clients you know yeah i know approach we always talk about it you know at your service and look forward to serving you but sincerely sincerely it's very sincere here because they don't work off tips at this resort it's uh, all inclusive and yet they're saying everything with a smile and can't do enough to help you it's just their job right and they respect that they take ownership in it and yeah i agree that the, the, the aspect of not working for a tip or for something extra that, that they work for what they are meant to be doing mm-hmm. solely it was just kind of a humbling kind of look at our own lives and how maybe things run a little bit differently from where we are but right. absolutely we can learn from it well I've always wanted to travel and um, I never thought it wouldn't be possible to travel I just know that for me it always meant I had to make very specific choices in my life to to do these things because this is my priority. I've always wanted to experience other cultures, see the ocean as much as possible, spend time in nature. And it just meant that to make that possible, other things wouldn't be. Whether that's relationships or friendships or taking certain jobs or making you know these life choices. I've, I feel now that I've, I've got to be here with you that you know I've, I've made the right choices in my life as hard as some of them have been or difficult or you know I didn't see the immediate gratification or payout for doing it that 
that it's really worked. And the book that is currently being read for the Motivate Me book club is The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan, two real estate moguls, very successful in their professions. And their concept reinforces that a singular focus and specific actions to support it will produce your desired results and perhaps even exceed your expectations because they could be extraordinary. Do you feel like in your life with what you've done that that's also true, that when you really focus and you make decisions with one thing in mind that you've you've had success? Yeah. Um, you know, staying focused is so hard in this day and age in this world because everything out there is trying to get your attention whether it's other people or advertisements or your job um, your social life your health and well-being um, so staying focused is probably if not the key attribute one of the top you'd have to maintain and, and cultivate to even be successful um, and focus is definitely something that I would say I haven't been the best at but I'm I've been proficient in um, to get to where I'm today um, and that you know that focus is pretty much making sure that I'm always looking ahead to grow and depending on the time of my life I tried to focus on the activities that fed that uh, mm. the most so you know whether it was self-development in my specific trade, mm -hmm. whether it was seeing more people um, as far as my customers to grow my, grow my client base, if it was uh, the networking aspect. Um, I think you have to allocate focus to different things as you climb your way up. So you focus a lot on work. I get that's what you're kind of referring to. Yeah, I would say that I focused a lot uh, on work um, for probably the last nine years and just in the last two years I've been better about focusing on lifestyle mm. and working my work into that lifestyle mm -hmm. so that my work actually uh, aligns with the lifestyle I'm looking to lead whereas prior to that I was just working to work to be the best in my work but didn't really have a lifestyle I felt like the lifestyle came behind it Mm. and the work came first but what I'm realizing is that if you continue to aspire to a certain lifestyle you're trying to lead the work will follow it and you will figure out how to cultivate your work to meet that lifestyle so it's reversed and you know that's what they say when you're young mm -hmm. you'll spend time to earn money yeah but when you're older and you realize that time's a non-renewable resource you'll spend money to save time yeah, no, um, a big example in the book, and it was kind of a wake-up call for the authors. I'm not sure which one specifically is referring to this in their example, but uh, one of them had their wife's friend talk about their parents and how their parents saved and worked hard, and they were always going to retire and do this big trip. Once they were retired, they would have all these ideas, and they saved all their money, and it was about like maybe two years before retirement when the mother of the friend had cancer mm. and she ultimately passed away. And yeah. 
she had gone shopping and collected all these fabrics for the clothes that they were going to wear that she was going to make for the specific mm. retirement trip. And the father, after his wife had passed away, didn't do anything. He couldn't go on the trips. He had felt that all this money mm-hmm. and everything they had accumulated was together. And so to mm-hmm. do it separately or alone wasn't going to be right. And so then he ultimately passed away. And so when the daughter, the friend, went over to clean up their house, she had opened up a closet and there was all that fabric left. Mm. Nothing touched it. He couldn't even bring himself to clean it out because of how much it weighted. And it just was like, time waits for no one. And if mm-hmm. you think your job is going to lead you to this point at which you'll finally be there or you finally made it or whatever, and you can't see it, but I'm doing those bunny ear quotations, but you know, it's not, there is not that guarantee. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think, yeah, some of us have that time. Like we're like, okay, if I put in my dues, if I you know put in this 10 years, I'll get to where I can do then this, yeah. but that doesn't mean that's going to happen. No. So Prom- tomorrow's never promised. I think that's a really important thing for you. And I like that, you know, we talk about work a lot and you're very work focused and driven, but it's now your lifestyle. You don't separate it. It's, it's one in, in a whole. And I've, I've talked about this on other podcast episodes about the myth of work life balance mm-hmm. and homework versus uh, professional life, personal life, like all these kinds of almost spectrums that people put their lives in as if it has to be two separate ones. But you found that now you've been able to integrate it all mm-hmm. more effectively. Just about time management. Yeah. So how do you time manage? Um, time blocking. Mm. Um, That's very much in this in mm-hmm. this book. Yeah, it's also in Kevin Cruz's book. Yes, as well. I know I've been um, reading that one too. So what is time blocking for you? Uh, time blocking for me is being very disciplined about each hour of the day. And I'm just using the, the word hour, but some might be 15 minutes, some might be 30 minutes. But everybody's given the same 24 hours. At first, I need to allocate how much I need at a minimum for sleep. Allocate some for exercise. And then some for a little bit of fun. Because if you're not having fun, what's the point? Mm -hmm. And then uh, just making sure that those other 13 to 15 hours are being utilized um, to the greatest extent. Because again, time's non-renewable. So just not wasting any time or energy on on things like I don't watch TV um, nope. I don't read magazines um, only time I read is for self-development the only time I'm on social media is for either self-promotion or for watching YouTube videos about learning or about progressing in my field um, of sales or um, other ways of self-development mm-hmm. and then I essentially my most, I find my most productive time is the morning. So everybody has a most productive time Mm -hmm. and really honing in on that is great because that's where you're most effective. Uh, Mm -hmm. whether that's the afternoon, the morning, the evening. So for me, it's very, very early, um, getting up at four, doing my journey. Which most people would think is ridiculous, (laughs) but it's true. You get up at like 4am and just by the time 5.30 rolls around and I think I'm getting up early. <laughs> right. I've already, uh, already achieved a lot. <laughs> I feel like it. Feel, mm-hmm. I've definitely um, gotten a jump start in the day, uh, to put it lightly. Um, so much so that it's become such a habit that if I don't do it, my 
day, the entire day, I feel like I'm catching up. So getting up, doing my journal, allocating time to read, mm -hmm. um, and then jumping into my MITs, my most important tasks for yeah. the day. And um, So for it, you, when, sorry, but do you plan your time blocking daily or is this like weekly? Like how do you time block plan? Um, so it actually gets broken down from a year down to quarterlies, mm -hmm. quarterly basis. So in my industry, sales is quarterly yes. as far as how we're, uh, we assess how we're doing. And so, you know, I have a business coach and we develop a 90 day action plan. And from there, that's further broken down into weeks. And from there down into a default daily, uh, schedule mm -hmm. and yes so I have every specific day of the week broken out again some an hour 15 minute you know 30 minute breakouts for when I'm checking emails when I'm making phone calls when I'm doing meetings when I'm exercising when I'm um, sleeping when I'm journaling when I'm reading etc how close do you stick to that I would say about 70% 70 8080 but if I didn't have it I would be all over the place true because you so, have it, a lot of ownership in your schedule when it comes to work and I've been so, finding that too being entrepreneurial you know you have a lot of work from home your time is kind of like in your hands and you just have to use it wisely so I think the key is when you as Jim Rohn always says plan your work work your plan mm -hmm. when you create a default schedule um, beyond just a schedule creating schedule is great but then you may feel defeated if you don't stick to it 100 percent yeah and that's what's nice about a default schedule a default schedule the difference being it's what you default to when you don't know what you're supposed to be doing and like if you get off track if someone exactly. like interrupts you exactly you know where to jump back in so if you don't have a default schedule mm -hmm. and even if you have a schedule mm -hmm. you can be very reactionary when you have a default schedule right. You're always on the offense. You might for a second react to something, but you're always on the offense because as soon as you're done reacting, your next step is to hone back in on your default schedule. And it's not, okay, I'm off track. I'll just pick this up tomorrow. It's, no, I did that, but now I know in this time block, this is what I have to do to make sure I have a successful day. Cool. I, I really think that from seeing you do this, you know, that's a real key thing. And I've tried to do it, but with so much change that I've I've been controlling I just I need to revisit that I think that's the thing is like once we establish these defaults if things aren't working it doesn't mean we can't revise and then change it up and say hey you know what like breaking it down that minute is is a little hard to go yeah. into 15 increments for some people maybe hourly is better or maybe like first morning second part of the morning you know midday like yeah. chunks or sections could mm -hmm. be a little bit easier for people to compartmentalize their days well the great thing about it, it's your schedule you get to make it yeah up. exactly so I just but I guess that's what people figure out you know as they go what works best for them yeah you know so some people say have three MIT's three most important tasks mm -hmm. some say have 15 um, some say five there's all sorts of different ones out there um, for each person it's gonna be what they feel comfortable with and really what motivates them um, if you just pick one and every day you're creating 15 tasks that's not very exciting no for me I actually break it down into categories I have my three 
categories of MITs. I have my personal, yep. which is literally personal. It's reading, it's journaling, and it's eating and exercising and being healthy, in other words. Okay. Those are my three personal ones that I make sure I've allocated time within the day to specifically do those. And then I have three that are in, within my occupation mm-hmm. that are my most important tasks for that day that I need to get done before noon to have a great day before noon. And knowing that I made that specific call, I sent that specific email, I completed that specific project before noon, I feel great. Okay. Um, and then that plays into that whole eat, eat, eat that frog concept and you get those done right away. Yep. And then my last one is going to be anything I'm working on from a self-development or entrepreneurial standpoint or something outside of the personal and the occupation side. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's a, a project. Maybe I'm starting another side business. It's allocating time. Three things, three tasks. So I'm always making progress. Jim Rohn says, you're like a tree. You're either growing or dying. There is no in-between. So I just always try to feel like I'm growing every day. Well, with this book, the authors suggest one thing, you know, rather than trying to do too much and to break it down and then have competing priorities, you can really just break it down so much and maybe even group things together that you can focus and and have a lot more productivity in the end because their idea that, you know, multitasking there's all these notions of lies that we are fed that we believe that get in the way of our success and uh, everything matters equally, multitasking, being disciplined, that you have willpower on demand, having a balanced life and thinking big is bad. These are all myths according to Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. But what they're saying is the truth is really focusing it into one question and that's what's the one thing you can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary. Do you agree that you could maybe do that even with your schedule, with your, you know, MITs? Could you find just one thing for each one of those categories? I'd say that'd be tough. Um, Because how do you separate exercising and reading as a personal? I would say maybe I could break it down to my time block where I only focus on one thing for that time block. Yeah. And maybe that's how I would interpret the book. The one thing I haven't read it yet, but I look forward to doing so. Um, but from what you've talked about, it sounds like the concept of focus is just like you talk about being present in that moment mm-hmm. and focusing on whatever task or subject um, you're working on at that time and mm-hmm. definitely not multitasking. Yeah. That's. I agree with you there and that's one of my big current habits that I'm working on is the mindfulness practice of being present in my tasks and using I guess essentially the one thing concept I've tried to create with the habit tracker for the motivate me book club a way to combine a big goal and what I call an area of interest kind of like maybe your MIT categories with a specific habit that I do on a daily basis. And so it's trying to be like one thing and see from that small daily do a bigger picture being achieved. So I think maybe what for this is like 
it's not just one thing only solely one specific thing that's all you do all day i think it's maybe in your mits and your categories what's your most important tasks you have reading is like your mental exercise and then physical exercise is different so maybe you have nine nine one things Mm -hmm. yeah i mean so maybe it's not even like replacing them it's actually like looking at them as individual things yeah yeah i think um i think you could also look at it from the standpoint of what is my one thing i want to achieve this year yeah what is my one thing i want to achieve in the next three years in five years in yeah. my life yeah in my relationship and choose those one things to focus on and so that way when you're doing those tasks like you said in your first statement was focus on the one thing and everything else will follow then if my focus is health and wellness that's my one thing mm-hmm. then the eating healthy is going to follow the exercise is just part of that one thing the reading is part of that self-development mental health that's going to follow but my one thing becomes health and wellness yeah for that well, MIT category it's the long term that yeah. you don't see in those like eventuals that you hope to have I mean even though time's not guaranteed like time waits for no one you still have to do the best you can to get there mm-hmm. but maybe this is a way to do it faster is if you focus and I think that's the ultimate thing is like if you don't live solely or like more intentional for that thing with all these other things getting in the way it does get further and it takes longer than we all have time for right absolutely (laughs) well the there's a one cool last thing that um they speak about that i think is kind of neat uh for you and well i guess two things because the domino effect is like a big comparison that they use that when it comes to dominoes and you line them all up, if you hit this first one, it sets all the others in motion. And there was a research done by the University College of London, and they um, they found that it's about 66 days to make a habit automatic. Hmm. So basically what you're trying to do is create habits that are going to become automated so that they work intentionally towards that one thing and then ultimately after that one thing becomes automatic you should be able to then do it without thinking and knock that first domino over that sets everything else in motion mm-hmm. so 66 days that's where like i feel like habit tracking is good and mm-hmm. you do so much with your daily planner Absolutely. that you have a lot to track over time and you know that that's kind of cool to have and so with that like have you looked back and seen a domino effect have you ever like Absolutely. looked at your notes and yes. seen like have it take over and then it works and then it like goes on yes yeah oh absolutely yeah i'm That's on really my cool. fourth journal of writing my goals every morning and yeah and writing my mits and it is amazing to see the things that are now either it's great to see what's been achieved mm-hmm. um and how those goals have grown that I've been writing them. And then it's also great to see that a lot of them are just being done naturally. I don't have to write them down or even though I'm writing them down just to remind myself, it's not an effort to do them because I am just naturally doing them. So yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's an average. Sometimes it can take like 
18 days. Sometimes it takes 126 days, like double that or even like a, a third. But yeah. I'm, I'm looking at my habits and I'm like, okay, I've been pretty good with some of them, but you know, I'm only in the first five days of this month. <laughs> Still got 61 to go to make some of these automatic. But the other thing that is interesting, uh, then they apply this to kind of the business side of things. Uh, all business people want productivity and profit, but too many fail to realize that the best path to attaining them is through purpose-driven priority. So living with purpose. And I, when I read this, I thought of you, of course, and it's like looking at an iceberg, you know, the 10% or the one ninth of it, it's like between one ninth and one tenth of an iceberg is above the surface. And that's what everybody sees. They see productivity, they see profits, you know, how well somebody's done. But then a lot of people fail to realize all the efforts that really go into it. And it's not just about your priorities, it's also the purpose behind it. So living with purpose. And when we first spoke on the podcast, I had uh, spoken to you about your why and, you know, starting with why and, you know, why do you do anything, your big why, your purpose for all of that. And that was the beginning of um, the podcast and now we're about six months later. So it's kind of a neat time to check in and, and see what's happened with you. Have you felt like you've been living that big purpose, the why, like, all of your your work and your yes absolutely yeah um, for one I've got an amazing relationship I've got an amazing family um, and that's something I write in my journal every morning and stayed focused on that as one of my biggest whys um, along with that why was to provide a good lifestyle for that family and that relationship and you know I'm here in Barbados <laughs> in paradise and I'm doing too shabby <laughs> done, done traveling had fun and at the same time been achieving and and knocking out my short-term goals and continuing to work towards my long term and um, seeing seeing the uh, business grow um, just further excites me and fuels that Wi fire yeah so that uh, that why is just growing stronger and stronger inside me and I get more energy from it and getting up at four is no problem. I get excited to get up at four. I know. I feel like, you know, I know the answers to some of these questions because yes. I watch you and I see you every day and I'm amazed and I'm impressed. I'm just so proud of all the work that you do. Thank you. But yeah, you definitely live with purpose and intention and it's just neat to kind of hear it spoken out more about how you feel about it too. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Luke, for coming on the Motivate Me Book Club podcast again. It's always so much fun to talk to you. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. It's a privilege. You've got quite an amazing following, and it's uh, great to see this podcast grow the way it has and uh, evolve over time. So kudos to you. Well, thank you. And cheers, and hope everyone's been having a great summer so far, and definitely pick up the the one thing or get a audio copy an ebook or audible or however you want to kind of get into it even some synopsis might be a good overview but it's definitely 
uh, a good look at how to focus your intentions. And we've just covered the first two parts of this book in a very high level way over this episode. So stay tuned for more insight into part three about the extraordinary results. I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are, how this could work for you, what you think is a good tool or device or suggestion from it, and maybe also what you don't agree if you don't think this is a really applicable book for a widespread audience. Who would it be best suited for then? Anything you've got to contribute, feel free to let me know. We have all the different social media channels as well as the email motivatemebookclub at gmail.com. This has been the Motivate Me Book Club presented by Pineapple Jen. Thank you for joining. We'll see you next week.